Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, Marcel and Ben, the usual crowd, are back after a little short hiatus for a certain Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. Uh, we're going to have a quick look back at uh, the highs and the lows, the best of the action from Beijing uh, before we have a look at what is to expect. Now we're getting back into the World Cup Tour in the short uh, season closer before World Cup Finals in Maribel. Courchevel. Uh, gentlemen, welcome back. It's been a little while. Obviously, we've uh, WhatsApped a little bit, but haven't seen you two punks for a little while. Well, we have not seen you, but we've seen each other. Oh, yeah, you two football friends. <laughs> football friends. I mean, we, we saw Ed. He was just on telly, you know, big time, doing his Olympic coverage. Captain Big Bollocks there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any podcast plugs, Eddie. What was that all about? Yeah, I think it's a little bit harder to swing that one when uh, you're trying to keep a job with the BBC rather than. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not like we get paid to do this, or that there's any sponsors you're plugging by talking about the podcast, though, is it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it was fun though. It was good fun. But yeah, you guys had a little football outing, didn't you? you went to see the bit of football, which is obviously yeah. the highlight of your weekend last weekend. Well, at least at like a, a normal time, you know, like you don't have to get up at four in the morning to watch, uh, watch the football. I know it was a bit of a brutal schedule when I'm so looking forward to Cortina Milan being on sort of uh, Euro time. Yeah, it, make, it makes a big difference just in watching any of the Olympics. I found that I only really watch the skiing, whereas normally when the Olympics are on the same time zone as you, it's on all through the morning. So you just catch loads of other sports all the way through it. Um, but when it when it's, yeah. Well, you the middle of the night. I'll be happy that you're not. That it's not at a good time for you. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, two weeks of um, paid holiday for you. They <laughs> called it reduced productivity. Is probably what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to talk about skiing, have you guys got any highlights just in general from the the games? Not not from ski racing. What did you guys enjoy watching? Nothing. Important. Everyone loves a bit of curling, don't they? We did after that. It was high drama in the curling, and especially us Brits. We thought that was the only thing we had to really sing about, so uh, we had to get right behind the curling. I thought the ski across was actually quite interesting. No, the board across, sorry. Ski across was a bit boring. Final was a bit boring. The women's one was quite good in ski cross because it was, they, um, they messed showed, it. Like, Sorry, they, they showed like uh, parts of the ski across at the other, like at the 2018 Olympics, and it looked like gnarly. And this is kind of what I wanted to watch, but it was a bit boring in the end. Yeah, they said that the ski cross guys saying that, um, yeah, the course was a bit was a bit tame. But what they apparently what the organisers were trying to do is create a bit more racing rather than just massive jumps and big kick like big kickers and big drop downs. They wanted to try and encourage a bit more racing. So I think the racing was way better this year, but the spectacle wasn't quite as good, was it? I think it was a bit of a not quite got the blend. Is that why they? Is that because they want to do it? into like alpine racing now or what yeah well it's trans it started its transition actually it's now um fizz have started the transition to it being an alpine discipline they haven't said when the transition will finish but they've said they've started it so you'll be able to race ski cross with an alpine fizz license which is supposed to help encourage youngsters and and um fresh blood into the sport because it doesn't mean you, you don't need a separate fizz license if you're an alpine skier which is going to be pretty cool especially for the kids That's good yeah enough. i've i've never thought that it was kind of particularly either obviously a lot of the fastest people in it are ex racers but obviously that you know and you've done it you've seen the size of the jumps and the air and stuff it doesn't really equate the same way and the way you have to work the terrain is is, is very different to alpine racing but at the, at the same time yeah it's not many people doing it on twin tips like the rest of freestyle so <laughs> it does kind of fit in between the uh uh in between the two categories um i think one of the worst experiences i ever had was attempting a ski across with someone doing twin tips and if they ever get in front of you you just get a face full of snow the entire, the entire it's like, run it's like a james bond tactic to try and just distract the <laughs> yeah that was that was the that's the punishment for being behind someone on twin tips i well, think you need more of a punishment if you're not on twin <laughs> behind somebody with twin tips i should probably just get to stab you at least once <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool I, I quite enjoyed the ice hockey I like a bit of ice hockey. That was quite good. Yeah, I, I, I heard you commenting on ice hockey. You're a, you're a real expert. <laughs> I was, yeah. And he has I, the puck now. He has the puck now. And he passes it. And he shoots. That is exactly not what I was doing. So I was not the full <laughs> commentator. You are doing me a big disservice, Matthew. I'm going to mute you. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, let's talk about ski racing. 
it was pretty good. What do you guys think? I just, I would have loved to have a go before we start talking about results. What do you think about the setup, the pieces and stuff? I thought the snow was really interesting. Would have loved to have had a go just to sort of see what the the fuss was about. But so, only with head skis, right? Definitely would have. Right, let's, let's, if I could pick one set of skis, there definitely would have been head skis because they were the only ones on absolute rockets. Basically, if you didn't have head skis on the speed distance, you were going nowhere. I mean, that's largely the case most of the time anyway. Um, but uh, I really like, for, for a change, uh, really like the the downhill track. Um, I don't know how much of that was man-made and how much of that was an actual shape of a mountain. But I thought that they worked the terrain really well. It looked like there was always something happening. Um, you've heard me complain so many times about how boring some downhills are where there's just like 20, 30 seconds of, yes, they're going incredibly fast, but not really anything happening. Um, whereas on this, it felt like there was always something to keep the racers attention and yeah. focus. Um, on the other side, I thought the hill for the tech events was a bit bland. It was too, too flat for my liking. They kind of tried to talk up the steep into the finish, but it you know didn't look like Adelboven into the finish or anything like that. And obviously there's, there's only so much you can do with the gradient of a, mountain that's already there but it, it just didn't feel like the hill was enough of a challenge obviously the course setting then has to make it either a challenge or a spectacle and in some ways they kind of got that right but I was just I was really taken in by the, the downhill track and then the, the the tech the tech track kind of I don't know just felt a bit a bit bland um seeing as how how much of the rest of it was kind of built custom for the event I thought that they could have done with something maybe a bit steeper for the tech event I mean I I, I totally agree I thought it was a bit, nah, the tech event. I thought the downhill was great. Um, yeah. And the super cheap was great as well. I, I don't, the tech events were like, I mean, obviously they had like the right winners and the right people on the podium, I guess, because most of them were good throughout the season. But it was, I don't like, to, I don't like to call it boring, but it was not like. It, it, yeah, I know exactly. I was going to say exactly the same thing. You guys hit it nail on the head. I think that the speed races looked really cool and the terrain was wicked and it was fast in the right places. It had some good terrain and the set looked fun. But the tech races, uh, yeah, it did. I think, unfortunately, the piece just, like you say, just wasn't there, was it? It wasn't challenging enough. The sets made it interesting. The slalom was just like blink and you'll miss it. Sort of I wonder short. how much they would have had to top up their budget to get like build another mountain somewhere. They probably could have done it. I want. I just. I don't know. I wonder. Like. I wonder what they. There must have been sections, but I guess it has to finish all at the same point, and that's probably the tricky thing, isn't it? Because I mean, you can't really have it finishing halfway down the downhill track and have to build another. You know, another grandstand. So maybe that was why. But yeah, I think tech tech events were were not quite as good as the speed events. And, and let's talk about the downhill. I was going to say. I think going into the downhill, the fact that nobody had skied on it, I thought it was going to be a bit more of like a blank canvas. I thought it was going to be a case of, you know, experience almost goes out the window because everybody's learning at the same pace. But that almost couldn't have been more wrong with Foyt, Claret and Maya, like the th one of the, th the three most experienced people on the downhill boards taking the one, two, three. I'll let you take this, Marcel. It's because they all are skiing on head, right? That's why. And Crawford. Crawford's on head as well, isn't he? He was fourth. Oh, but he was actually he was wicked like he's yeah. wicked on those olympics um not just the downhill but all of them um but you know what like if you look at all the results like realistically there wasn't really an upset for anything um i mean the only one i was surprised was basically cochran siegel because he was not doing so well this this season so far i mean obviously he had a bad injury last year but other than that i mean it was the the usuals who um picked up the medals so yeah I mean good for them um I I think Claret and, and Strolls probably were my favorites um picking up medals I think that was like the most the most entertaining um obviously Strolls picked up more than one <laughs> good for him um so like it was there are a couple of good things but in general I thought it was um business as usual as you would say well not on the on the woman's side but on the men's side at least I think it's it relatively business as usual on the women's side as well, wasn't it? With Suta, Goggia, and then maybe Nadia Delago, not normally on the podium. But when I say usually business as usual, I'm thinking about Schifrin. All oh, right, <laughs> did not win anything, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, that's that's actually one thing I was really surprised as well. If you look at the people, always complain about the super combined and downhillers not having a chance, and you had two downhillers on the podium. 
Yeah, because I guess it's something to do with that piece, really, wasn't it? The piece is a challenging, challenging downhill and an easier slalom gave it was sort of quite even, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, best super combine in, in years, and that's probably the last one. I didn't like the combined. I know we've kind of gone from downhill straight to combined. I'll, I'll get I'll get to the combined in a bit. Um, oh, no, but the, it, the, 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 the downhill I thought was was really interesting because it it really held the imagination. I already talked about how much I, I, I like the track. Obviously, we'd had the initial kind of delay because of the wind. So it was a big question on how much of a part the wind was going to play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was one of those scenes we hadn't really seen anything from I know we never really see anything from Foyts in training but like you said it was so hard to tell who was going to do anything in those training runs just that I think it was that first jump at the top the the different lines and approaches people tried out on those training runs but were hilarious it, it was like them trying to do the, the road the end of the road at uh at Vengen is do they do they try and slide into it do they do an extra turn yeah. a few people try the, the racing plow um, it was it was weird. It's it's a strange jump to see people trying to take speed off rather than just go for it. And one thing that was probably caught my eye in the in the in the downhill was though the amount of people getting bounced around on that top. Not even shush, just they, they couldn't even hold their tuck across it. The amount of people that were getting bounced around in that first kind of period of tuck, and it was it was quite strange to see, especially the likes of Paris. He thought that would really suit him, and I've never seen him look so uncomfortable. And effectively, <laughs> effectively, just a, a straight shot of mountain. He did. He just didn't look right. I wonder. What, yeah, that, I wonder if that was snow or wind or or what. But something. It'd be interesting to hear like the races debrief once they get back on back. You know, back to the circuit sort of thing, and and it all starts to come out the woodworm woodwork a little bit. Sorry, but um, yeah, I thought the podium was good. I enjoyed it. I thought Claret, Claret, I mean, what you, you almost couldn't write it. I think the only thing you could write better is your Johannes Stroltz story. I think that's pretty much the only story that gets better, really. I mean, I did say I did say I would be would, wouldn't be surprised if Claret pulled something out um, as the for the old man brigade that was on our pre Olympics pod. I'm fairly sure I didn't say he was going to win, but I said it would it would be that kind of fairy tale story being as old as he is to to, to nick a podium somewhere. Would you consider the old man brigade because, like, if you look at the podiums, they're all like old man brigade, really. How old's Maya? I don't know, he's like maybe 31, 32. snapper, Marcel, that is. He's got another Olympics in him at least. He's got another 10 years if he's <laughs> Johan Claro. Jesus. I do have another 10 years. He's 31. He will, want, he will not want to have another 10 years. I don't think so. I mean, he's got at least one more Olympics to just keep his run of it being incredible in every Olympics. If he's smart, he probably just... Um, I mean, not... I, I, I think he's, if Clary is smart, he's going to be like, ah, oh, I think he can't get any better now. Just give him to stop it. Yeah, well, it, well he's got, um, obviously, World Cup finals in Maribel Courchevel. And then he's got, and then isn't it world, it's world champs next year, isn't it, Maribel Courchevel? Yeah, well, that's a good goal for him, I guess. But then he should be really saying, I think that's enough now. 42 is like. <laughs> it's far too say, old. Like, you're chucking yourself down a mountain. All the jobs retire when they're 42, and he's still skiing. <laughs> like the Tom Brady of, of ski racing. Yeah, well, about, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, what about, what about Godier then? Yeah, let's go. even thought she'd put be having skis on, let alone going that fast. Just properly insane, isn't it? How on there, earth... there was an example of something that wasn't a pair of heads going fast. Yeah, that's true. But she, how on earth did she do that? With you know, she must still be in serious pain. I want. She said if she's going to keep skiing this year, or is she she packed it in. I haven't seen anything come out. I haven't. Yet. I haven't seen either. But the fact that she can still pick up podiums with whatever damage it is she's done to her knees. She might just be like, I'll do a couple more downhills, wrap up the tour and then and then call it a day yeah. for the season. Nuts. It's just nuts that she can come back, not do any skiing, train, just tell everybody that she's going to be back fit and ready in time. Everyone's going, oh, it's a lot, you know, it's a long shot. It's a big hope to come away with a silver medal. Suta looked really impressive there, didn't she? But uh, the story's definitely going to be about Godja. It is. And I, was, I mean, as well, Delago was in incredible. I mean, you always kind of are fancy and a, a bit of an outsider and I guess the way the Italian team's been going this year you wouldn't necessarily call her an, an, an outside chance but there were other people like with Gubarami not really showing up for the downhill that would who the other person you'd expect to be on the podium with uh, 
uh, Suter and Godje, you'd expect Gubrami to have been there or thereabouts, and she was probably the big surprise in the downhill that she, she didn't get there. Marcel, you, you were going to say something? No, no, no. I mean, I, I totally agree with Ben on that. I think the Austrians were actually pretty... Yeah, they didn't. Have, they didn't have the best day, did they? They considering they podiumed have, in most of the speed I events. A, I have a really interesting stat that I read today. Sorry, statman Ben. <laughs> Here we go again. The Swiss Olympic team got five gold medals in ski racing, and that is the most gold medal ever picked up by a nation at the Olympics in ski it's racing. Pretty, it was pretty ridiculous um, medal haul, really, wasn't it? The Swiss are absolutely just clean, pretty much cleaned up. They're killing it. That is mental. But then they were nowhere in the team event. So didn't need to be. They've got enough medals at that point. They were like, oh, just go home. <laughs> they even send a team to the team event. They're like, ah, oh, <laughs> Give that. Yeah, maybe. They're just sort of just not, not even interested in doing this. Yeah, I mean, th- that downhill was, it was all about those two, really, wasn't it? In reality. It, wa- it was. And I was trying to think of anyone else that, that really stood out in that race. Obviously, we, we, we said, Delago was was really impressive. I did feel a bit bad again for for Kira White of Idol a, a few times. She's found herself pretty close to that that podium, um, and just yeah, she was, I think she was a couple of tenths off in the end. But yeah, she she looked really good. And yeah, like Marcel said, I think because of the form that the Austrians have showed this year in in the women's speed, I, I was kind of surprised none of them put up the kind of challenge we've seen the the rest of the year. None of them were particularly close in in this, whereas most of the other downhills, there's been someone from Australia on the podiums this year. Couldn't, couldn't be more right. Could, you, you know, Statman has got it right. You do it more. Makes, it, makes a change. No, I, I got to I gotta be good, good at something, you know? So I'll just, I'll take over the stats now. <laughs> uh, let's, responsibility. Let's, let's, ba- let's bash on to the uh, Super G, Matthias Meyer. Yeah, and then uh, the only sort of, Outsider on the podium there was Ryan Cochran Siegel, and then Kilda picking up his uh, one is uh, first. That was his first medal, wasn't it? When that with that bronze, uh, and Goot picking up the win in the women's, Puckner second, and Gissin on third. And so um, the Super G, the set again suited the hill really well. I think they did a really nice job of keeping it interesting and getting the speed, but also getting the technical elements. And uh, classic Maya sticking his hand up when it really counts. Like another just pulling it out of the bag and just ripping it was that final that was all the final split wasn't it that was that one wasn't it that was that was a weird one from Maya because everyone was adamant he'd messed it up before he'd even started because he had that like slip where he nearly hit the wand when his pole wasn't in and they were like oh and then he bounced around a bit on the top section and all the all the talk was oh his his concentration's gone he's lost it he's lost so much speed I was just like but he looks like he's absolutely flying it it was almost like a godgia run wasn't it it was just he was on the edge of just absolute speed and control at all times what do you reckon Marcel? Winning three gold medals in three different Olympic games. Like, how crazy is that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, how crazy is it? <laughs> That's mental. That and is he, mental. He was so good there. He was honestly so good. I think Kilde was just happy that he got a medal somehow. Um, he didn't look like that comfortable. So I think he was very... Obviously, he picked up another one. But it was a good race. That was a good, that was a good race, actually. I did enjoy that a lot. I think they, were, they really went for it, all of them. Yeah, it was a nice yeah, Charge at course, sorry, Ben, yeah. Kilda looked like he thought he'd done enough when he came down, which was a bit of a strange one because I think to, to other people watching, I still thought well, there's still a lot of very fast people to come yet, but for a while it looked like he'd done enough. And then just those two in quick succession, Meyer and Siegel, just, yeah, those those bottom splits seemed to just take them away from, from Kilda completely. Well, Cochrane Siegel really pulled that out of, I know that he had a horrendous injury last year and then he he was back in Kitsville where it didn't go quite so didn't go that great obviously sort of with memories of you know getting over the hurdle of being back in that resort again but then to pull that that result out of the bag that is a serious serious bit of uh, you know bit of skill to come in almost cold really in terms of uh, form coming in and then to walk away with Olympic silver and be so close as well to the it wasn't you know that is yeah, four hundreds, isn't he? Off the off the gold, I think. Uh, for a bit of that time, Maya might have had his breath held while he was trying to catch his breath. Probably still getting into the into the winner's enclosure uh, after his run. Yeah, it was just it was very mental. It, like um, 
but it's brilliant to see it's always it's always nice when the podium is especially when you come to olympics where you're not exactly sure what the piece and, and the makeup of the hill is going to be like to walk away with so many results that are sort of sort of to form but not not obviously you don't want it to be a foregone conclusion before you get there but um but yeah and then lara goop barami picking up a win with Pukna second Giss in third that the women's race was really good as well Lara Goot just Goot Barami sorry it was uh it, I, I like the fact that she that sort of attacking style came into its own on that hill she just sort of seemed to monster her way down it and like putting a few wrongs from a couple of past Olympics where it's not gone quite as well then to walk away with that the top step's pretty epic yeah, she looked incredible on that one. For everything she didn't show in the downhill, she definitely did show in the in, in the Super G. Uh, and overall, this race was a lot closer probably than than the men's and a couple of other races. I think in the top uh, thirteen, we're all inside a inside a second, which was quite close considering some of the gaps we saw um, around the edges of the podium. Um, yeah, and, and obviously Gizin had a a pretty good Olympics all told as well. But that showing that kind of speed in the in the Super G really showed us what she was going to be bringing with her to to I guess her even better events. I think she's a, she's such a deserved winner, isn't she? Like over the past ten years, she's been so good. Yeah, cause she was the only one that took it to Von really in those sort of in in those yeah. sort of hey years, like ten years, sort of ten yeah. years ago, eight years and ago. Also, like she had she's had a bit of a rough patch like a couple of years back where she didn't win anything and then coming back last year obviously fantastic last year and this is like her first olympic gold medal as well so that will mean the world to her because now she's won olympic medal gold medal world championship titles overall discipline like now she's completely set only missing a slalom win but i don't think that will be happening anytime soon no. no, 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 almost definitely not. Um, again, obviously, there's it's always bad for whoever finishes fourth, but I felt really bad for Tipler, who's only oh, 300th was, off, yeah. and she made one just absolute massive error that definitely cost her at least 300th. And obviously, you know, on any given day, anyone can make a mistake and be like, Yeah, that cost me the win. But when it's the Olympics and you end up being that close to the podium, it's it's, it's got to be heartbreaking. And Ledeca, Ledesco as well almost sneaking back on the yeah. podium in two, in two events again. That would have been incredible if she'd done. She was only, I think, 1500s of the podium or just inside that. So, that, like I said, that was, a, that was a close race. To have that top five within half a second of each other is, a, is like awesome racing. And that's what you want on even World Cups, let alone the Olympics. So it's brilliant when everyone's that close. Yeah, I think Puckner as well. That's good. I mean, she's, she's had a good couple of results she had like three or four results on the podium so far this year and then to back that form up at the olympics that's got to be kept the austrians please because uh otherwise heads would would have rolled eh marcel they had two they won two medals which is not too bad the woman and the men won four medals that's that's pretty decent yeah, was they were the press please with What was the sort of chit chat going on over? Every everything was like Strolls and Meyer. Obviously, they pulled it out of the hat, so that was good enough for the media. That's all that matters for them, I guess. I mean, seven medals like that's definitely in the range they were hoping for. Did they worry about the team event? Um, they probably did because they won. Did yeah, they... they did. No, they probably did because they want to beat Switzerland because Switzerland won like the most medals, and they don't necessarily find that very nice um as, as Austria, <laughs> the greatest nation in the world after great britain um yeah nice life good safe yeah 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 i think they were quite keen to win that shall we let's move on let's move on to the tech sector let's start with gs i'm going to flip it round and we'll go women first and shall, shall we use this point to talk about michaela schifrin yeah let's do it. well there isn't much to talk about she had a rubbish olympic games but she will come back it was uh, it was quite hard watching it though wasn't it from the outside from watching her go through such struggles and then i don't know from our side of things obviously we don't read the american newspapers and stuff and, and you can see you know we see it through social media occasionally but not too much but then you some of the stuff that was coming online about what what the american press were saying jesus that looked <laughs> Like seriously rough. She just fell over in a couple of races. Yeah, her sixty percent of her career DNF rate was done at the Olympic Games, but uh, some people are vile, aren't they? What did they say? I didn't. I didn't read it. Oh, just that she's lost it. She's a choker. That she's uh, let everybody down. All this sort of stuff. 
Well, who's she, let, like, who's she letting down herself? That's it. Don't I've not said it. Don't ask me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a bit ridiculous. I mean, obviously, people on people on the internet are ridiculous. Anyway, um, the fact that you can call one of the most successful athletes in our sport of all time a choker is quite hilarious because, by the very nature, she's won so much that if she was a choker, she would never have won anywhere near as many races. So, uh, she's she's definitely not that. I mean, like Ed said, she she had a bad Olympics and she's not had a a great season anyway. So it's not like she was on brilliant form and expected to win everything. We just expected her to because that's all she's ever done, even when she has been faced with a bit of either poor form or adversity. Normally that, you know, she comes back even even better. So I think that's why everyone still expected her to to find some way of winning a bunch of medals, which is because that's all we've ever seen her do. So, you know, I think if she'd come into the Olympics on brilliant form, it might have been a different story as to what's going on, but she didn't have great form coming into the Olympics and, you know, she didn't ski particularly well while she was here. It looked like she just couldn't get a feel for the snow. And, you know, that, that, that looked like, it didn't look like she was the only person having that problem. She's just the most high profile person having that problem. Exactly. And that, and I think that's the thing that's, that's the thing that's really tricky, isn't it? From the, from, from her perspective that, you know, expectations, her own expectations would have been very high. Uh, and she wanted to perform at her best, like you say, but actually her, her best, not re- she hasn't really done that, certainly not consistently this season. And so then to come into the Olympic Games and not go right was just quite hard to watch. But four years work for uh, and making errors in one run, that doesn't make a season. You know, that is you know, everybody's human. I mean, Michaela Schifrin just does it very rarely and does it less than anybody else when she has bad days but the being favorite comes with expectations so, and that's part and parcel of being the best but a totally unwarranted criticism she just I wonder didn't... I wonder how many of those media people have 73 wins two Olympic gold medals and six world Championships medals and then well or have high level experience of sport in general I mean they they must be they must be um full-on professionals those guys I bet they don't even have a podcast the thing is like i know she probably takes it to heart everyone would but honestly like they can just off like pretty straight away like just shut up and do something else um if you think you need to bash someone who is 26 and has like a bit of a hard time right now yeah Um, and you know if i'm not a big if you ski terribly or prepare terribly or there is something in there where you could say you know it's okay to analyze a performance and say this this wasn't very good or or we feel she could have prepared better that that's one thing but to like attack a person just there's there's no point in it and obviously it's easy enough to say you know don't don't read the comments when you've got uh no no followers on social media but when you've got millions and and you know you see all of this stuff every day so it's a lot worse I mean, um, but like, I don't. Go on, thing, like she didn't go. She didn't go to the Olympic and getting like wasted every day, and that's why she was bad, right? I mean, not that we know of. Well, um, not that we know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she would have been better if she would have been drinking a bit after some races. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but the, I don't think that whatever's gone on with Schifrin should take away from anyone else in the races. So if we're talking about the GS, I mean. Re- realistically the, the favorite one yeah you know? exactly. so Sarah Hector has absolutely destroyed the field this season and and she carried on and and did that um you know Cooper Army was probably a surprise sneaking into the third after Brignoni uh in terms of GS because we haven't seen that much from her this year in GS she's mostly been uh you know on on the speed podium so her her getting in there was probably the the the, the bigger of the surprises yeah, that was you're definitely right. Went to went to plan, didn't it? Sorry, Marcel. Yeah, went to plan in terms of uh, form. Hector really did dominate, and the only question mark, I guess, going into that into the women's GS was how would Hector fare under sort of the tag of favourite, and uh, question answered, and she she smashed it. How good is she? Like honestly, how good is she? She. I mean, right now she's brilliant. Well, not not just right now, but like. Her last win was like seven years back. She's fought her, her way through. And now, like, I mean, come on. How many races did she win this year? Three and then the Olympics? Some, I mean, just, yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how some people get around. I mean, Bassino did it last year, didn't she? Been there or thereabouts and then dominated a season. Yeah, but it's, it's really, like, it's so important to get, like, that run. Or to yeah. get, like, low, you know, like, once you have it. You can you can really start building on it, and and she obviously like some you see some people who like having a really good race, 
and they they don't necessarily get into that that kind of flow well whether she was like or she is completely in it and she really took the most of advantage that you can take of this and she's like really riding the wave i mean who knows if she will ever be winning that much again probably not maybe yes god knows but i think she's that fabulous like well done to her for taking that whole flow with her for the whole season i think that's and- impressive yeah yeah, and, and like I said, to, to go from having not won in seven years to winning a World Cup race, winning another one, you know, keep putting in those performances and then turn up at the Olympics and everyone go, yeah, but can you do it when it's the Olympics? And then go, yeah, of course, watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. was, was, <laughs> was, was, was brilliant. Um, and it's always, I, I don't know about you guys, when, whenever Brignoni takes the lead in a race, it's probably one of the most fun things to watch in skiing because she's just so happy, so excited. And just so much passion. I know that's you know a bit of a Italian stereotype, but she looks like she absolutely loves the sport every time she crosses the line. And then when she finds out she's winning a race, uh, it's brilliant. It was it was nice to see. It's always good to see um, the fa- the favourite win. But I think Hector was definitely dominant in that GS. So nice and solid. Um, on the men's side, sort of similar story, wasn't it? Odomat having the season of his life. Uh, and then Kranjek coming out of nowhere, really. I don't even remember him being inside the top five. I, I doubt he's even been in the top seven this season, if I remember properly. Uh, and then Fairfoot in uh, in third, classic, um, sort of pulling it out when it counts like it was with World Champs. Yeah, I mean, that second run from Kranjek was out of this world. He was so fast. I've not seen uh, that speed from him in quite a while. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, he was a regular contender for podiums, uh, then kind of dropped away a bit. And this year, he really has not looked like he's had his best skiing. But if, if you're going to save it, you might as well save it for the Olympics. But yeah, like Ed said, February just seems to know how to show up when the when the big race is on. And Odomat just saying he doesn't know what pressure is. Honestly, I thought after after the speed events, it was tough for Odomat because he didn't really do very well. But then picking up that win at the Olympic GS was obviously firstly well was- and you know I actually I this like it, it was like fantastic everyone's done fantastic but I felt like <laughs> the most hilarious thing about the whole the whole race was the Jamaican guy coming into the finish <laughs> sorry for taking that bring that into this conversation now he's like I need a massage and a beer and he was about 70 seconds behind <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen the stuff that came out today that in the um uh, I think he's getting in a bit of trouble. The fizz guy that okayed that race, I think it is. It was on Ski Racing Magazine about uh, about about the way the Jamaican guy got to attend the Olympics. No comment. I'm not surprised. <laughs> nice one, Ben. You got splinters um, after sitting on uh, that fence. No, it just it's too, it's too political for me to get involved in. I can't can't be dealing with it. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> the. As with the, the rest of the race of the people who uh, we would normally expect to be racing, River Radmus showed he enjoys the big stage as well. I, I like that. He's a fun guy to watch. I know we've talked about him a few times and I feel like he's starting to get to that point now where we might see him uh, there oh, or thereabouts yeah. in, 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 in the World Cup. I remember yeah. when we, we did the podcast when he won the world, uh, the, the junior champs, I think it was GS and Super G. I think he, he, he won in the same season and we said it would be exciting to watch him on the on the World Cup tour. Um, he could do with, you know, maybe not dyeing his hair anymore and just leaving that out, wherever, wherever that is going on. Um, but he is, he is so fun to watch. But it's similar to that new kind of crop of, of, of young guys. He just, I mean, it's not even that there aren't tactics. There are definitely tactics, but the tactic is just go flat out the entire the entire way down. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it feels disrespectful to say it's just oh he's he's not scheming any tactics i think it's a, a decision that these guys are making that they will bail sometimes but their approaches just go as straight as they can as hard as they can and as fast as they can i think you had to do that though didn't you with that piece you had to really take all of the risks there's no way that 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 hill left you any other option but to absolutely blitz it 
especially in that weather as well. So we didn't really talk about it too much, but this is probably one of the races where the weather actually played a, a massive part, which just because it was absolutely chucking down with snow. They were, uh, uh, it didn't, I thought at one point they probably might call it off because it was starting to, it was both foggy and chucking down with snow, which up to that point, all we'd seen was beautiful skies with probably a bit too much wind occasionally. And that was it. That definitely for a second there looked like they might just uh, pull the pull the pin and reschedule that because it was brutal. That first run was uh, certainly not not the best looking bit of uh, of uh, pictures and snow that ever you could find. But yeah, I guess credit where credit's due. They got it away and it was running again. It was pretty much to to to, to sort of how it should have been, I guess. But it it was. But then you also those weather races generally give you the the chance to sometimes have people come out that you don't necessarily expect. And I think the, the biggest one of that was, was, was Verdu from Andorra who had that absolutely lightning second run, didn't they? Yeah. And moved up massively as well. It was like such a cool story, such a cool story. Yeah. And ended up, ended up ninth. Like he's such, he will hopefully like kind of get his foot into the world cup next year as well. Well, he won like four European cup races in the row. So I guess he will be he will be one to watch out for next year. Yeah, because yeah. right. um, I wonder if it, I mean with any I haven't looked at the actually the Europa Cup standings probably should have done because obviously we're getting close towards finals now. We'll have somebody we'll world world junior when the world world juniors are next week actually aren't they in um in Panorama I think so we'll wonder if we'll get some of these guys some a couple of different names you know like when we saw our first look at Odomat coming in and River coming in getting to that time of the season. Yeah, I think I think Verdi's already wrapped up the Europa Cup. Yes, smashed it. Job done. Uh, slalom onto the slalom. Vlahova, Liensberger, Holdner, the one, two, three in the women's, and then Clemma Noel with a rocket second run in front of Stroltz, and then uh, Foss Solovarg. Petra Vlahova had to put a monster second run of her own down, didn't she? After that first run, didn't quite go her way, but uh, all in all. Pretty, pretty sort of uh, solid on that second round from Blahova. She, she sort of uh, luckily again for her that she had the power and the, uh, and the skill set to pull us, drag herself out of a, a subpar first run. Yeah, I wasn't sure if she was going to be able to do it. Um, I, re- I really wasn't. When I saw some of those time gaps, I thought she would struggle to to make that all back up. But yeah, like you said, that that second run uh, was was one that was 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 worthy of winning the race. But again, the entire podium was. 1200s apart so it was it was great racing i was worried again that wendy might even get shoved off the podium at one point i was terrified for her um uh with the with the luck she's had but it was really good she's always on the podium she's just not first but she's on the podium (laughs) sticking up another podium Uh, it's yeah it was it was great racing and it was good to see leansberger skiing a little bit more like last year's leansberger because we haven't quite seen it from her this year it looks like things haven't quite been clicking and we're saying, is it you know, is it the pressure? Is it is it she hasn't quite worked out the skis or what? But she looked uh, absolutely, absolutely fine, just like her normal self. Um, and yeah, if, if anything, the, the the big surprise again was probably more shifting than uh, anyone else. I agree. Ed, you wrestle, you wrestle <laughs> with your dog. Ed. I agree. You, you, you wrestle. <laughs> Marcel, you, you wrestle spent with... the whole podcast agreeing. <laughs> hey, you know, if if Ben talks like sense, why would I say something that's stupid? <laughs> controversy that's why Marcel that's a fair point no I, I, I do there is no controversy in that slalom um, Lahova wins which she should have anyway Linsberger had a great race and Sandy Wendy well she had a great race as well it's a shame she couldn't win I, I wish I wish she would have won because we do you remember we talking about it beforehand how good would it be if she wins the Olympic Games yeah straight to the Olympic Games she won two medals again, which takes it up to five medals for her. And she has a gold in the team event, but a lot of silver and a lot of bronze. <laughs> nice. That's just how, hey, how I mean, I wouldn't complain about a silver and a bronze anyway, but I think she might do by now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, on the men's side, Clement Noel with his own with that second run charge, Stroltz again. I mean, who'd ever heard of Johannes Stroltz before this winter? I did. Marcel had. Apart from you, Marcel. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, how often is that? I, I don't know if it's probably ever happened before. Somebody that's gone from outside the 30 at the start of the season, won a World Cup, and then 
cleaned up a bunch of medals at the Olympic Games. One out of all cup, not even being in top 30 as well. Yeah. It's like the Leicester City of ski racing. I think there will be a movie at some stage. Oh, 100%. Especially with that lovely little story about his dad as well. Yeah, how good is that? His dad won two medals and he won three. So he's the best ski racer in the house now. Yeah, and who would have... I mean, the, the oh, you wouldn't have even been able to get odds on that at the beginning of the season. Probably if, not. If, if, you, if you could, they would have been brilliant. Um, <laughs> I, have a good connection. I have a good connection to Petty Power, so probably I could have gotten, but not you guys. But, you uh, but I mean... That was I. I enjoyed the start. I thought that was that was a good race. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be for the uh, Razzoli Renaissance. Although still, uh, that many years later, rolling up to eighth after his Olympic gold in in twenty ten, it was still ridiculously impressive. He's had a hell of a season, and if he decide if he does decide to, to kind of call it at the end of this season, he's had at least he's had that kind of burst back up to the top end to to kind of sign off with. So I'm glad he, glad he's been there. Yeah, it's pretty epic. I mean, yeah, that would have been that would probably have been the ultimate fairy tale, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, or, or Dave. Uh, I was probably a little bit too excited uh, after Dave's first two splits. Uh, like, yeah, but I mean, he was so hard not to get excited. He was like unbelievably quick to halfway, and then just made that one mistake, and you're like, oh no. And I think that showed that hill for what it was as well. It just meant if you you had to go, as you said, it absolutely flat out. But a single mistake caution. It wasn't any kind of steep enough pitches where you, you can see on some hills it, you can make a mistake and and keep going and it not really cost you. Whereas, you know, Granite Days was a, a reasonably sized mistake. Yeah. But it just it just kind of killed all of his momentum. And he, he had a he had a good second run to put himself in with a chance, but he was just too far back to to really make the kind of charge we used to see in um from on, on those second runs. But I mean, 13th for Dave, I think, is it, it's a good Olympic performance. I don't, I don't think he's probably as happy as uh, as happy with it as, as as maybe he should be. But I think the form he's showing right now is he he knows he's got the speed right now, which is probably the disappointing part of that result. Is you know, I think it was like sixth or seventh fastest second run, and those first and second on the first two splits in the first run shows that he is at times the fastest man on on skis at the moment which is something we've never been able to say before which is which is absolutely brilliant also he has another olympics in him right so in <laughs> italy so we might as well just go out there and be his fan club i think we're, we're already in it aren't we um yeah, we are, but i mean not we were not at the olympics unfortunately well no. we kind of were in the bbc studio um i think it's uh i do think that dave it's hard, isn't it? Because I think, we, I mean, we sort of touched on it before with, with Michaela Schifrin and her Olympic Games. But I think I think one, you know, four years work for that pressure for one day, for one run or two runs, like, doesn't make a season. So I think his season has been obviously been exceptional. And I think, uh, you know, he's had a, he had a, an, an average race and he's still in 13th place. I think that that just shows the skill that doesn't it when when people are expecting or hoping for big things right you know an average day at the office is a top 15 at, at the olympic games pretty epic yeah yeah i think so um well one question i have for marcel is did, did the uh, i guess the austrian public care that the rest of the austrian team outside especially in tech outside of johannes strolz was absolute trash this olympics or has him being good kind of papered over the cracks no it definitely has i mean i mean schwartz matt fella i think fella was complaining a lot about the gs because of the conditions and stuff but realistically like schwartz was not informed the whole season i don't know where they took him i mean i know we probably discussed this already but at no point did he ever look like he was going to be a medal threat yeah i mean but he's still well, I know he's an incredible skier, but this year, when when you're trying to get medals at the Olympics, no skier he has done this year has has suggested he was ever going to be fast enough. Yeah, but like it's a, this it's a season, tough one. it's a tough one, right? I mean, the other one was Strain, who they could have taken in slalom, but couldn't finish his breakfast. They decided for him because hey, they just he does the combinet, the super combine as well, and like he was a favorite there as well, so. It's a, it's a really tricky one, but I, I agree. He was not very good, um, nor was Feller, um, and nor was Mutt. But in the end, 
they got their medals and I don't think they will care who got them for them. Um, well, maybe a bit because Strolls was not really training with them, but... Is he still not training with them or has he now been... Or what's happened? Well, now he's been reinstated, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he's getting supported by them, I guess. Um, to which extent, I don't know. But I would assume he will be on the team next year. <laughs> that's, a, that's a decent assumption. Not even the Austrians can be that ruthless. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Yeah, he didn't win. Didn't win three goals, though, did you? Uh, <laughs> you actually, actually, you should be saying, "Well, actually, this season worked really well, so um, maybe I'm going to do it on my own." Really, uh, De Gruber leaves the space open for De Gruber. Not, not buying. Not buying. <laughs> no comment on that one. <laughs> I told you, wax man. That's his job. Uh, <laughs> I did social me social media manager. You can do that. Uh, well, hopefully for head skis because that's those those are apparently the only ones who are who are good at the moment. At the, at the Olympics, tell tell me that they were not they were not the best skiers to be on. Well, they no, they were not. I, I totally disagree with you. Like in slalom and GS, they were not the best skiers. GS, they were they were up there. I mean slalom, but they've never been the best slalom skiers. Yeah, but like it's it's really like it's pretty a uh, plain field for everyone. I don't look like they just have the most ski races in in downhill super. She like what what to do? Do you want to? I don't know. I I I disagree with your take on that. But I've told you that on the message already. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how I don't know how you can not see that the the, the head skis with the speed. Yeah, but I don't know how you can not see that they're just a lot more head races than others, <laughs> and also like a lot they are all, like Foyts, Kriechmeier, um, Cochrane Siegel last year. This year, obviously, got a medal. Then you have like um, Meyer. You have God knows you have like all of them like, except for Paris and Kilda. Yeah, and Odermatt. That's about it realistically, who win medals. and have Yeah, I guess you say on a normal World Cup weekend, you'd expect most of the podiums for the speed events to be on head skis. It just seems to be the, the way of things these days, uh, unless you're talking about Goggia or Kilda, basically, and that's just because they're, they're freaks. Um, like Head have been cornering the market in, in recent years in terms of snapping up uh, a lot of racers and they seem to have something in the, in the bases that makes the, the speed skis fly um, as well as having incredible athletes standing on top of them. Yeah, of course. I think that, that, that is, that is undeniable. They do have in terms of the amount of numbers that they've got on there. I think that's, that is undeniable, but I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed you obviously disagree, which is fine. And that's part of, part of uh, what makes See, a good, it doesn't a good conversation. It doesn't agree when you say stuff, Ed. It just agrees with us. It just agrees with you, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, no, I think, uh, I don't know. It, just, it felt like, um, it, it just felt like it was almost a, you know, a foregone in the speed races. But then maybe you're right. Maybe barring Kilda and Paris, where, where are the other medals going to come from? Maybe that's, maybe that's fair. But I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. The amount of money I guess he's chucking around makes it that that's how that's how they're able to do it. True, true. Yeah. But that's but that's sport. That's the same with uh, with any sport you want. You know, you spend more money, you get better people, or you get better equipment. It's part and parcel of the, the thing. Part of the game. I mean, um just quickly, one person that I did actually feel really sorry for was Henrik Christofferson. Anybody else feeling the feeling a bit bit sad for Henrik? I totally forgot about him, unfortunately. He he looked like he was skiing skiing like his old self again yeah um he's he's shown glimpses of it this year but we've just not seen enough of it um from from him consistency has been he's obviously I mean, the, for the entire slalom field you know people have just won races yeah. and then just spent the rest of the time rolling around on the side of the hill um so you know he he looked he looked good he looked good in the day unfortunately you know 900s uh you know all three of the guys in front of him all skied really well as well. So it wasn't like he deserved it more than anyone else. But yeah, he's he's a guy we've come to expect big things from. And it was good to see he was in the mix and didn't just kind of fade away. Um, and hopefully he can keep some of the form he's found this year into the off-season and, and, and come back next year and actually put up a, a big fight for the for the tech disciplines. It is nice uh, to see. Maybe him. with head skis, you know? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe he'll do it on the, slal- the head slalom ski. They're actually not bad, to be fair. They've they've really like I, a couple of years back they were not very good. They didn't have any races, but now they have Strolls and they have Pinterov. By the way, he had a bit of a shocker as well, I think. <laughs> um, Did you get a chance to chat to your dad or not? No, he just came home today, so I didn't really um, talk about that. But I don't think 
They no, really it's not happy, happy in the Pintero camp at the moment, is it? I don't think so. Yeah, I felt, I felt actually, I felt sorry for him as well. Just, I mean, you just, you can, you can just see the emotion more, more than ever, can't you? One, one race means so much. Uh, Alpine combined. Ugh. Uh, well, Gissin, Sandy, Wendy, Brinoni. Uh, one, two, three on the ladies' sides. Strolz, Kilder, and Crawford on the men's. Um, I think the biggest statement was the fact that there was about eleven people doing it. Yeah, I mean that, that was like all very quickly. Like you get a medal, it's great performances from the, those guys who got a medal. But I think that's it, the yeah, that's the bit that probably annoys me the most is that more people weren't in it. I don't have a problem with the format. I like the fact that they've tried something a bit different the last couple of years. It the podiums have shown that speed skiers are in with more of a chance, but I don't like the the narrative that no one trains slalom if they're a speed skier, because if that's really the case and there's Olympic medals at stake, that's ridiculously unprofessional. Um, you know, if you tell me at the start of the season, you're going to race Olympic combined, uh, they're combined in the Olympics, but your you know, primary discipline is downhill. You can't, you can't find some time to train slalom at any point in that season. So, you know, I don't know how much of that is more of a, I guess, a commentator's thing. Ed, you can probably speak more to that being a commentator. But it just seems to be like, oh, they haven't put on slalom skis since they were 12 years old. I was like, well, it's, it's either a lie or they're the most unprofessional ski racer of all time. Yeah. Um, because I mean, if you're targeting, yeah, if, you're tar- if you think you're going to get yourself a medal or that's a, the best chance you've got a result, then you'll then you'll train it. I, I do, it is, especially as a downhiller, it's quite the schedules are insane. Um, with the tra- if you include the training runs and uh, and all that sort of stuff, makes it yeah, a bit, but like, but you're on. right, there is there is definitely space. Yeah. Just they do one race, like one run a day. I mean, yes. they can they can do like 10 slalom turns, but if they do 10 slalom turns every day, they go or one run 60 turns. They do ten. I don't know. I don't know how many training days they have. Like fifty. They have like yeah. three thousand gates. That's enough. Yeah. No. You. There is. But I'm just. I was just sort of think, thinking that it's probably less. There is less time, but there should be time. There is enough time, um, if that's your focus. But then, who? Which athletes here are focusing on Alpine combined? Really. Well, in an in an Olympic season, you would hope more. If you if you can yeah, earmark that as as something to to to. To, to possibly win an Olympic gold medal because it doesn't it doesn't say on it oh yeah this event people don't take us seriously it just says gold medal yeah yeah ultimately and then you're a national hero yeah, yeah. Uh, so Kilder Kil- Kil- wouldn't have been taking that that seriously he would have just ch- uh, you know I'm sure he would have done some training over the last few over the last couple of months but that would have been like a you know oh th- it could work for me I doubt it's he's yeah, and look at to- it like he he took it he took the race seriously. Yeah, when he's racing it, yeah, he's got of course. A bloody medal, like no one's, as Ben said, no one cares. Like it's a, it's a, a silver medal. Like if he trained a bit more slow, it might have been a gold. Yeah, <laughs> almost. He was actually yeah. really well. Maybe I'd love to know how much downhill training Stroltz has done. I don't think very much. But, and uh, maybe that's what that's maybe that's what make winds me up is when the slalom people are doing downhill because they have to do training runs. It's like, well, they must train it. I was like, no, they're mandated to train it to be allowed to start the race. That's different. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just oh, because, because the downhillers look so clumsy on slalom skis. It's like, oh, they, they haven't done this since they were a teenager. It's like, well, you know, again. There's something special about watching a downhiller do a slalom turn though, isn't it? It's, it's quite, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. It is. I was gutted Paris wasn't in there because, you know, he's one of my faves. Um, <laughs> he's definitely one of my favourite ones to watch do slalom because he's so, good so big. Like, he won European Cups in slalom and stuff. I mean, he was very good. But that, that's the thing. So in previous times, he has been a medal contender in the combined, but he didn't even race it this time, which yeah. is a, a strange one. They let, they let Innerhofer do it and his slalom is leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but Kilder looked like a, you know, looked like he knew what he was doing on slalom skis, which is what you want for people on the podium. Like we said, Strokes' is downhill is super impressive, and Crawford was in- incredible. I'm, I'm really impressed with with his uh, with his efforts. So again, obviously fourth place, just Justin Mauricio. He's he's quite the character. He's he's quite a fun guy to watch ski. He's quite funny on social media. Um, and you know that that was the one time Schwartz looked half decent was in the in the combined, and even that he didn't look that fast in the in in the slalom leg. Yeah, I think he, only looked, he only looked decent in the downhill leg. I thought that's tough. It's um, it was tough to watch with not many people in it. I think it's just in, I think fizz of fizz of the sort of downfall of that event, having no World Cups and no you know 
what what are the athletes supposed to do if, if fizz don't take it seriously how are the how are the athletes supposed to take it seriously and i think the writing's been on the wall for the alpine combined and uh, and good on those that put in a result and took and took the opportunity when other people decided they weren't going to race i mean we could have stuck our skis on and pondered plodded our way down for a top 30 probably so I mean, um, only 17 finished, so definitely top 20, mate. The oh, three of us. <laughs> We'd be in there. 18, 19, 20. Job done. I would have done that. Stuck in a... See who wanted to take my take my, uh, take my my team, and I'll be, uh, you know... Uh, I've heard you were really good in, the, in slalom when you were younger, actually. You should have sticked to it. I was all right in slalom, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, 15th was 16.8 seconds off, Ed, so I'll let you say what you think you could have done on a downhill and a slalom i to be honest with you i'd probably be outside of that you know, my <laughs> abilities at downhill <laughs> i might I mean, back my, myself my in e- the slalom but the doubt the downhill i'd probably be about 20 seconds off just in that my, my <laughs> ego says i've still got it i think probably in reality my body says no <laughs> I'm um, i could still do it you reckon no <laughs> <laughs> one last event team event maybe we could talk about the women's combined I guess in Wendy Holdner and uh, Brunoni. Guess in was... <laughs> the end. Yeah, the end. <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that would probably, if you, I mean, again, without Schifrin performing. And strangely, Nova Hover, I think you said she, she picked up a knockhead. Yeah, while she she didn't said, race. yeah, she said she hurt herself and was um, wanting to take a bit of time before getting back to World Cup, I guess. She yeah, so. Actually overall. Yeah, so with Schifrin skiing the way she is at the moment and, and Nova Hover, that would probably be the, the three you'd pick in advance for the yeah, podium. That's true. Very true. I think Gisson just, you know, obviously she defended her title. She's made for that. She's the one that skis all the disciplines normally. So f- for her to sort of to, to be the best one there was unsu- unsurprising. She did it by a decent margin as well over a second, wasn't it? So, um, I mean, so would you say her and maybe Pantro, when he was on form the other year, the, the only real kind of true all-rounders in the sport right now. Yeah. Maybe Schifrin when she wants to ski in all events. I think Blahova and Schifrin as well. But those... there's, there's really that not many when you think of like no, back I think, in the yeah, day, I think, the, the I ultimate think... all-rounders. They yeah, were like, proper, you know, a proper all-rounder that does it week mm-hmm. in, week out. It's probably only Gissin. I mean, Pantro doesn't do it, doesn't do that many. Gissin does pretty much pretty much all of it. Yeah, it's, it just shows shows how much, like you said, that the, the training schedules and racing schedules for one and two disciplines just make it almost impossible to do all four now. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the schedule, how of the amount of miles and hours traveling, even if you're, uh, you know, just trying to do three disciplines, it's uh, it's too much, really. But Gisson somehow does it, and she seems to do. It. She always does it with a smile on her face, and she's picked up a couple of good medals here. So yeah, good for her. And she okay, was doing no, well on the do. first round of the slalom, wasn't she? I don't. She'd, um, if I remember, she messed up on the second. She was doing quite well on the first run, I think. So, you know, she podiumed in the super G, won the Alpine combined, and was doing decent in the slalom, I think, before she. Um... So, I mean, sixth isn't terrible in the Olympics um, in the slalom. She goes, yeah. um, but yeah, so yeah, she, was, she was. She was. Yeah. But she anyway. was, yeah, she was doing well. Doing well. Uh, team event: Austria, Germany, Norway, and the United States. I have to be honest. I didn't see it, so. <laughs> it's. I'm glad you're the podcast host. Well done. Did you oh, see nor, it? Nor, nor did I. <laughs> <laughs> when did you also, see it? also, also, no. I've got it on record. Uh, so I, I left that. I left it on record just so I can I can watch some glorious events after when there is like a, a break for ski racing. Um, Maybe for the summer. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, the, the format the format just doesn't excite me uh, uh, these four individual races fastest two times will get you over the line i don't like it make it a, a relay. relay make Do it a relay, a relay and make it yeah just this yeah don't like it don't want to not but fussed about it don't want to talk about it all right um, it's not on the podcast boom it's not, it's cut it, it out it's been ejected <laughs> It's been ejected, not interested, I'm afraid. But I guess the Norwegians, uh, the Germans and the Austrians are pretty happy. So good for them. Um, World Cup action, it resumes straight away. This weekend, the women are racing downhill in Crans Montana, double downhill in Crans Montana, Switzerland, whilst the men have got double slalom in Garmisch. Um, 
I think some pretty tired leggies out there. I was just chatting to Dave Riding. He's already in Austria. We are Tuesday, Monday night. And so he's already back out in Austria after the getting back from the game. So all the athletes are straight back to it. It'll be interesting to see if who who and who and what turn up for these races. I guess it depends on schedules and what they're hoping to get out of the season. But uh, I mean, still still plenty to battle for on the, in the slalom side and in the uh, standings of the downhill as well. With Godgia, with with that injury, even if she doesn't, um, even if she does race. She's going to pick up points, but there's still an outside chance for uh, Kareen Suter to take the title. So it's going to be quite the battle, I think, over in Kranz Montana. It's always a good slope. It's one of the best women's downhills in the season. I think it's going to be very exciting. And um, I'm sure Sophia Gotcha will turn up for one or two and just maybe finish it off quickly and then retirement for the season. Yeah. What do you think? She's going to try and just just get over the like, pick up a, a couple of points, then be out. Yeah. I think she will do. I mean, she's done the Olympics, so I'm, I'm sure she will do one more race or something, and then just like call it quits. What do you think, Benny? Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what, what either she says or the Italian federation say. We we, we never really got a full, uh, I guess, clear picture of just how injured she is. Clearly, the fact that she could race on it in the Olympics doesn't mean she wasn't in, in a, a lot of pain. But the fact she physically could. I mean, she can probably race this weekend and moving on in, in the season. Um, she's had a couple of seasons that have got ruined near the end by injury. So she'll probably want to see it to the end or at least wait till the globe's wrapped up. I think, yeah. I mean, she she, just, she only needs to get, you know, a couple of mid, mid-teens and she's prob- and Kareen Suter's got to win them all. So for her to sort of secure the title... We know what Godja is like, though. If she doesn't win, two chances are she's in the net. So that will let <laughs> yeah. Suter pick up a lot, a lot of points very quickly. Um, yeah, no, no matter how many times you tell her just to just to cruise down and pick up pick up the points to get to the finish, I don't think that that message will have ever gone park, into. Park this in the finish on the podium. Okay. <laughs> what did you say? All out for the win. <laughs> uh, okay, let's just get let's get to it. Let's get some picking. Let's get some picking picks. Marcel, why don't you take us away? I'll go for Lara Gut for the first race. Ooh, home home victory for Lara Gut Barami. I'm going to go boring and go Suter. Ben, you can go and then you can go again. Um, I'll hope Godier's racing and say Godier for the first one, um, and then for the second one, uh, I'll go I'll go Suter for the second one on the on the home snow. Marcel, are you? going to who are you going for um i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for a double a good double good double i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kira wild because i think she's gonna be almost having a bit of a point to prove where she's like it's time it's time after like being close i think she's gonna she's gonna nail it gonna so after her, uh gonna get her eye in on the first race and then she's gonna smash the second one so after Austrians on the podium, most of the races this season, we're not going for any Austrians. Although right. it, keeps, it, it keeps changing which Austrian it is, so it makes it harder to pick. Yeah. Uh, the men are over in um, Garmisch. Garmisch. There's some slalom action. Um, who and what do you think is going to happen this weekend? <laughs> I mean, the men's slalom tour is just like, just pick a name out of thin air. It could be any one of 10 that wins in any race. Uh, and whoever you pick could also is easily not finish. That's very true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> guessing, guessing is like anything. I mean, the bookies couldn't even work out either. But Lucas Broughton leads the uh, standings by 37 points, which is, um, I think, testament to the fact that he, he's been able to put it in the finish most times and obviously pick up that win in Bengen, uh, whereas the rest of the sort of the more established Slotlum skiers have been... Um, sort of almost at 50 percent i think finish rate so makes it a little bit tricky to try and pick a winner i mean just the fact that we've had six slaloms and the tour leader's got 257 points tells you how shocking the consistency is on the tour when marcel and i were talking about this the weekend we said oh, 
you know, if this was a Hersher season, he'd probably have about 500 points by now. Yeah. And the current leader has half of that. It, it's insane how, like, or even seasons when he wasn't racing the last couple of years, like Christofferson, Pantero, Noel, Yule, they'd all be kind of 400 and something at this point because yeah. they'd all have had a couple wins. And yeah. anytime they didn't win, they'd be second or third. So it's, it's so strange how, how erratic they're, they're skiing in slalom this year. Right. I'm going to kick us off as I haven't gone first yet. So I'm going to go Clement Owell for race one. Uh, ben, who would you like to go for race one? I'm going to, I've been, I've picked Fossil of Eggs so many times. It keeps letting me down. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with him and see what, see what happens. Mathis? I'm thinking, I am thinking. Um, I go for Henrik Christofferson. Go on, Henrik. You can get a win in. <laughs> and in the second race, I go for um, Noel. So you're going Henrik and then Noel. Uh, ben, who would you like to go for in the second race? Let's go crazy, Manny. Let's go, go, go crazy. I'm half tempted to say Lena Strasser because uh, it's going to be on home snow, which I kind of feel like I may be just um, chucking that one away. Pick Dave. I still don't want to pick Dave. I don't think poor Dave needs that, that sort of um, pressure. Oh, Jakobsen. Oh, I was going to shout Ratsoli then. But, uh... No, I feel like, no, Strasser, Strasser. Quick, cancel that, cancel that, Strasser. Jakobsen is rapid, but the guy, he he honestly, he has not finished his breakfast since the beginning of the season. He, he crashes more than anyone, I think. Yeah, yeah that would have been a bold call. Um, gentlemen, sorry for the lengthy pod. Hopefully uh, we've covered most of the interesting stuff and probably some of the boring stuff. Um, but uh, thank you very much. And until next time, it's bye for now.